and welcome to this edition of the Modern Times Podcast. This time we're going to do a five points, and it's going to be five points on 2018, our recap of the year that was. John Guzan here with Karen Weil. Hello, Karen. Hi, good afternoon, and hello, all of you listeners. So, Karen, I don't know if you can believe it. I don't know if you had time to really reflect on it, but uh, another one is gone. Another year. Yes. Um, you blinked your eyes, and uh, it was already December uh, at the end of another year that um, might be uh, an episode of The Twilight Zone if it actually weren't happening. It does feel like Rod Serling's on my shoulder sometimes. It uh, it, <laughs> it definitely does. Um, our five yeah. points that we're going to be discussing today, we've kind of broken down the year into five kind of general topics that cover a lot of different issues that we're going to dive into. Um, number one would be Mr. Trump goes to Washington. Um, mm-hmm. Number two, Trump versus the world, North Korea, China, Europe, Saudi Arabia, and Russia, and probably some more. Um, the number third topic, or the number three topic was the 2018 election. Um, number four was Trump buffoonery lies in videotape. And number five, meanwhile, life continues unabated and all of the other things that happened, including a bunch of uh, mass shootings, uh, uh, global warming, pollution, natural disasters. Uh, Karen, let's jump right in. Um, Trump had a very interesting year, his second year fully in Washington. Um, he really learned what it was like to uh, be there. Um, the Mueller investigation, um, all kinds of issues in Congress, um, kind of him seem, seem, you know, maybe seeming like he's uh, a, a bumbling real estate developer who became president. Um, you know, let's start with Mueller. Um, you know, what does that investigation you think meant to him? Uh, we had Cohen um, and Manafort both uh, pleading guilty or and, and, and both of them now being sentenced. Um, that was a tough year uh, in Washington for Mr. Trump. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, that's why his approval ratings remain in the toilet, more or less, at around 39, 40 percent. And they have not budged at all, really, since he's been installed. Um, I think the highest they got were maybe 45, 46 percent. And I've often said there's that 35 percent of his diehard base who will never abandon him. They're going to stay until the bitter end. And then the 10 percent who don't particularly like him, but they're willing to give him a pass because of the economy. Something tells me he's not going to be able to count on that 10 percent much longer either. Um, But, uh, you know, we've discussed it a lot and. You're constantly hearing pundits talking about it, whether or not there's a smoking gun, quote unquote, or smoking gun that uh, type because he can't spell to save his life (laughs) uh, in one of his stupid tweets. But there's no question, I think it, it just it adds to the perception that Donald Trump is knee deep in criminal activity of some kind or another. Um. There, you know, there have already been just numerous cases where he flat out lied to the American people. Oh, he didn't pay Stormy Daniels. Well, yes, he did. Uh, and that's that's really a trivial thing. This man is, you know, a pig. We know that he's been screwing around on his wives forever, including his latest one who was pregnant with their son, Baron, when he was cheating on her. Uh, so, hey, Clintonites who hate, you know, people who hate Bill Clinton, you might think about that for a few minutes. Um and, and it's just never mind the other issues. Uh, of course, I, I think the perception is well, there's not a tape of him, you know, colluding with Russia while rubbing his hands together. Ha ha ha. You know, we're not going to see that. Oh. I think what it is is death by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. Just the more that is revealed from all of this, 
the worse it looks for Donald Trump and just the worse impression most Americans have of him. His base, forget it. They're not going anywhere. They will never believe anything. It doesn't matter what, what will be revealed. And there's nothing that can be done about that. But as for the rest of the American voting public, you know, who already didn't like him to begin with, didn't vote for him, it, it just reinforces the belief that this man is you know, just not respect the rule of law and cheated to get where he is. Now, and and here it, we are now. You know, the the title of this topic is Mr. Trump Goes to Washington. And does it seem at all to you that, um, you know, some of the things that were talked about as an outsider drain the swamp, but there's a reason why there was a lot of things that, that, that really kind of set up the political um, a world that we have in Washington, D.C., and that... Um, um, Mr. Trump just can't seem to to get a grasp on on how you legislate, um, how you deal with investigation, how you deal with campaign issues um, when you're running. Um, you know whether they say you know it's 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 not illegal to try to get information from Russia, although it is. Um, you know it just seems like his naivete or his belief then I think that he can bully anybody um, has has kind of led us to where we are. Um, you know, there's that shutdown, him just saying, well, I'm going to get it or we're going to keep the government shut down forever. Well, you know, you have to have something to bargain with. Um, and I think, you know, the idea that there's the, the massive deficits that we have, but then wanting to waste money just to win political points with your base um, is a non-starter. And, I, and, it's, and it's an argument that I haven't really seen anybody making yet. But when you're, when you're going to borrow a trillion dollars, it makes it seem kind of silly just to be, you know, throwing twenty billion in startup costs, let alone maintenance of a wall. Um, you know, but it's just right. the it's just an example. I I just don't seem like he understands that it, he can't run it like the Trump Organization. He's not bringing the Trump Organization to Washington. Washington is 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 squatting on the Trump Organization, literally. Right. I look. The man is incompetent, and he's incredibly stupid, and. <laughs> he, you know, look, he doesn't read briefings. He doesn't pay attention. He just went the other day to meet the troops in Germany. The only reason he did that was because he was shamed into it. And then he turns it into a campaign rally, which is incredibly inappropriate and just beneath that office. But of course, you know, Trump, again, he doesn't give a damn about the office. He doesn't care about the rule of law or, or what is best for this country. Uh, so it was yet just another horrendous example of how awful this individual is. Um, and, I mean, if we cut to the chase here, John, he's in office still only because the GOP protects him, and they, you know, which they've done since day one because they're scared to death of their own voting base. And that's it, basically. If this were any other politician, if it were a Democrat, certainly if it would have been Hillary Clinton and even 5% of what Trump is accused of, is she was accused of, she wouldn't be in office now. We know that. Mm. She would have been gone within two to three months, if even that. Well, let's Especially jump on... Especially with the GOP-dominated Congress. So, well, well, let's jump on some of those specific topics that might have really kind of put um, Hillary in, in hot water if she would have won, that Trump can seem to, so far, he's been able to, to get by um, without really having to face much of a consequence. As you mentioned, the political landscape is basically the same. He's got his... 30 to 40 percent base somewhere and and everyone else against him um uh in march um he fires uh, uh secretary of state tillerson just you know four days after um accepting the invite from kim jong-un um on, on march 9th whether that's you know possible or not 
Um, you know, he um, Mattis leaves here at the end of uh, the year. Um, the, you know, Brett, the Brett Kavanaugh nomination, uh, what kind of nightmare really that ended up being. Um, are those some of the topics, do you think, that would have given the same pause? And those things probably wouldn't have happened, though, um, under, under uh, President Hillary Clinton. Well, I doubt it, uh, because whatever her, her weaknesses, she certainly would probably be cho- choosing more competent people for the job and not a sycophant or a loyalist. Now, you know, to be fair, you can't call Mattis that, although, you know, he went along with this whole disgraceful charade at the border of sending troops down there and defended it. So that was definitely a low point. Um, you know, and I, I think he leaves, unfortunately, with now a very mixed legacy. And, you know, he has no one but himself to blame for that. But, you know, to be fair, if we had a normal human being, a Republican as president, like John Kasich or Jeb Bush or Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, I don't think you'd be having this either. Because all of these people, again, flawed as each one may be, I think they have a better understanding of governance. Um than Trump does. And I just, we wouldn't have this constant chaotic soap opera going on at the White House. And people can find this amusing, but it isn't good for the country. You know, we don't have a defense secretary, and the person he's considering is somebody from the defense industry. It's not even somebody, unless this gentleman might have military experience, I don't know. Perhaps he does, but this isn't even somebody who really knows the defense you know, the world of defense all that well, per se, other than contracting with it. And that's another matter altogether. Um, and, and Rex Tillerson never should have been Secretary of State. This man doesn't come from a di- diplomatic background, I suppose, because he was stable and perhaps competent in just day-to-day functions that gave him a pass. But And he was absolutely right to call Trump an effing, mor- effing moron because that's what he is. And no doubt that's one of the reasons, that's probably the main reason Trump got rid of him. Because he doesn't, you know, he can't stand anybody standing up to him. Um, but in general, you know, most of his cabinet are people who should not be in there to begin with. Um, that's unfortunately, as long as we're stuck with him, that's not going to change. Uh, when, and, I, you know, I don't know if we can hold out much hope of the Senate because there are going to be one or two more GOP people coming in there doing the right thing. You know, certainly not Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. She's going to be a full-on prostitute for Donald Trump. Uh, and, you know, so will people who, you know, got sort of reelected, like Cindy Hyde-Smith at all. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's, but... that's just, it's very unfortunate that, you know, we're going to have another group of mediocrities coming in to, into the cabinet. And as I'm sure more people are probably going to be quitting, if they have any sense at all. And there was even Jeff Sessions. So, you know, this year he's lost, uh, in the last two months, he, he lost the Attorney General and the Defense Secretary. And, and, he lost, and he loses the Secretary yeah, of State. Yeah, was one of the biggest horrors there were, you know, there was for this guy. Think about that. But I suppose because Sessions maybe now and then had a pang of conscience and decided I can't necessarily break the law all the time for this guy. You know, now he's out of a job, too. But he was certainly, uh, you know, a disgraceful Attorney General and uh, yeah, won't be missed. So again, I just it, it's it's honestly just it's constantly shocking and jaw dropping at what a farce all of this is. It breaks your heart because this is not good for the United States. It isn't good for the American people or anything else. 
it, it, you know, it definitely isn't, uh, it seems, you know, we're, I think we're going to talk about some of these items moving uh, forward because I think we start, um, you know, also, you know, falling into some of the other issues as, as we kind of understand already when we gave the rundown. Um, it seems like, uh, you know, Trump really dominated the topics this year. So let's move um, on to Trump versus the world and kind of talk about some of the issues that he had. And, 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 and this year was, was, was quite a few. Um, as we know, what's been going on with the border, um, it's been closed um, and they, uh, the whole caravan issue in October, um, you know, parts of September. Um, you know, whatever kind of energy they were building there, uh, changing in, in status, um, uh, who they would try to the whole battle over um, uh, allowing um, refugee status for folks, um, separating children at the border from their parents um, and, you know, two recent deaths. Um, and then there's more of the, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, international agreement side, um, the erecting of tariffs. Um, there was the meeting with Kim Jong-un. There was um, uh, him saying um, that, that he didn't necessarily uh, uh, think that the Russians interfered uh, when he met with Putin in Helsinki in July. Um, there was... Um, um, you know, pulling out of the uh, human rights, uh, the, the UN Human Rights Commission um, uh, or Human Rights Council, sorry. Um, but, you know, uh, t- you know, talking about leaving NATO, um, leaving people at the at the stage, um, you know, uh, which was just a, about a month or so ago. Um, it, the Saudi Arabia and the Khashoggi killing, um, it's just been going on and on. And you're talking about it's it's it's, it's an embarrassment, which is, a, you know, what kind of gave me the tack here. But it does seem like there's more talk. There's seems like only those diehards that you would find in the 30 percent of Trump's base are the only those folks that are defending him, even in the Republican Party. Um, but it is putting that stain on. And, and like we had talked about in, in previous podcasts, it, it does seem that people understand, though, that once we get rid of Trump, it will return to business as usual. Um, that might not continue after, you know, if he manages to stay in office and win a second term, that might be irreparable harm. Um, but let's talk about what happened this year, the uh, erection of tariffs. Let's, you know, I don't know, maybe that's a good uh, jumping off point, but um, it might even cause, uh, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a ripple to run through all the worldwide markets that we might not recover from for a decade. Right. I mean, I think we've already seen sort of a fallout from tariffs, especially in what's hurt American farmers. Uh, you know, for example, you know, China isn't going to be buying many of our soybeans anymore, uh, for starters, and there may be other countries that won't. And so this just, again, this does, people can act like this is just some sort of empty gesture that doesn't matter, but it does. Uh, it makes products more expensive in many cases for American consumers. Uh, you know, we... Trump may have won some brownie points early on in his candidacy talking about free trade agreements, and we can argue about how some of it is very damaging to American workers, because it is. But then you just don't turn around and rip them up or rename them. I mean, the NAFTA basically is the same. He just wanted to make sure that it had, you know, the U.S. in it first. That's the only reason he did it. Um, Just a pointless waste of time and everything else, but this is just to satisfy Trump's massive ego. But, and I, you know, I don't think we're done with seeing the fallout from tariffs either, or how bad this could get. Mm-hmm. Um, contrary to what he says, trade wars are not easy to win. And, you know, you can argue about 
how much liberty the Chinese government takes in in sort of economic uh, with economic policy, and how some of it isn't isn't uh, isn't right or isn't good. Well, maybe so, but then get, why turn around and try to duplicate that effort here, or think that you can start a trade war with China and win it? it it's just extraordinarily foolish, and it just shows how. You know, Trump knows absolutely nothing. Yeah, and 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 I I I think the important you know one of the other important things we don't seem to be hearing is what the end game is and why you're fighting this trade war. Um, you know, some people say you know what your uh, uh, whether you balance out and 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 who's importing more and who's not um, doesn't really matter. Um, that's not what's important. What's important is, is, is really how much you're exchanging. Um, there was guaranteed, um, the the peace between two countries that are trading. They, they, They usually don't have any issues, which is why there was relative peace and not worrying about the threatening China for so long, because they were all, um, you know, profiting from selling to the United States and it was good for us. It was good for them. What is Trump's end game in this whole tariff battle besides just saying that, 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 that they're not, you know, we're importing more than theirs, that there's a surplus, a trade surplus, you know, is that really what ends up being what you want, what you're after? And I don't think that there's any answer to that. It just seems like he's, again, going through the motions on tariffs. Um, when it only just makes us weaker um, in the long run, I mean, as far as it goes to threats in the region, because if we're not trading with them anymore, then it becomes even more um, of, a, of, a, of a conflict. Um, so, you know, how we, how we work this out, I, I just don't think people understand it beyond those basic terms. Um, you know, but him meeting with Kim Jong-un, just that whole idea... And, and whether that was good, like we had talked about, that, you know, Tillerson, um, you know, basically was fired or quit four days later. If you don't think that those two things are, are, are not, you know, connected, I think that we're being, we're being naive as well. But what it changes, I just think they ended up buying Un more time. Um, and, and, and that's what ended up happening. I, I, you know, it's just, as you say, an embarrassing disaster after disaster. Khashoggi, um, you know, what's gone on in Syria lately. It's, it, it just kind of boggles your mind, and you do feel like no matter who wins the next time, these things change um, fundamentally because there's no other person like Trump out there who could even get the traction and possibly win. Well, again, the damage this man is causing, both in our domestic front and certainly international, it's going to take a long time to repair, and some of it, frankly, is not going to be repairable. Um, you know, the, the whole problem with dealing with the Middle East often, especially with, with ISIS and other terrorist groups, and I have no love for them, but you, know, you can't necessarily b- battle an ideology the same way you would a country. And I think you know, other presidents have not maybe learned that lesson either. Trump certainly hasn't. Uh, I, I think the Syria decision on his part, I, you know, I'm sorry, unless somebody wants to prove me wrong, I basically think he did it in part to satisfy President Erdogan of Turkey because he wants to go after the Kurds there. And, of course, to do that, he's doing that because Erdogan, to his credit, and I have no use for him, you know, is the one who has so publicized the brutal murder of Jamal Khashoggi that the Saudi government is responsible for. And I have no doubt that he, he did that because he wants the Saudis to continue to fund his hotels and other things. And by giving Erdogan what he wants, he knows he'll be quiet about the Khashoggi murder. This is an extraordinarily, 
the only word I can think of, John, is evil, mm. what Trump has done. Um, and that's it. He doesn't give a damn about he didn't give a damn about the Syrian people. He couldn't tell us what happens to them. So yeah, this I'm, has nothing to do with any legitimate foreign policy decision. It is simply yet another thing to benefit Trump's businesses. And, I'm sorry you know, to go there, but well, I, after well, everything I've read and seen and heard on this, nothing else makes sense. It makes sense, too, uh, that there is a correlation, I think, between um, his policy and the seems the way that he cares about human rights, which then allows him to, to kind of, you know, uh, close um, uh, or fake close one of his eyes in order to allow his businesses to profit, which I you know, we'll find out whether anybody can 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 figure out whether that's provable or not, which we all kind of know that it might be and seems to be. Um, and I hope that there's people that are still working on that. But um, his cozying up to folks, um, it seems like every every leader that he seems to like and those he doesn't care about are those ones that are, are, are post-World War II alliances with France and Germany, um, um, the UK, which is embroiled again in its own plot, which was, you know, probably hashed by um, the, uh, the IRS, um, you know, the, uh, the Russian intelligence service and uh, not the Internal Revenue Service. Um, you know, to create Brexit, it seems like, you know, that and that and that's you know, they got Brexit and Trump. That was enough to Western weaken uh, to weaken Western democracy for the next 20 years. Um, and um, the fact that Trump supports, the, you know, the ending of the U.N. Human Rights Council and he's cozying up with all most of those governments that are part of the U.N. that butt up against it. Um, uh, Turkey, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Russia, uh, North Korea, China. Um, and, 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 you know, those things aren't mutually exclusive. And, you know, we talk about what, um, you know, Russia and Putin or whoever owns dirt on Trump is getting out of it. It seems like it's those things. And the same thing we, we had talked about before with the, uh, Magnitsky Act, they're all tied together on human rights violations and jailing people and dissenters. Um, we're, you know, we're going to get into, uh, you know, his reaction or his interactions with the, with the U S media later, but, um, it does seem like that, that that on the world stage seems to be what they're after at this point, if that's really true. Um, and if not, he's just giving it away anyway against, um, you know, uh, what now, 70 years of, 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 of precedent and working together with our allies. Um, so, you know, like you said, it's a stain on the national reputation and hopefully it, it doesn't continue much longer. Right. In, no, <laughs> in November, um, those kind of um, same kind of sentiments, I think, kind of ran through our electoral process. At least I like to hope so. Um, and um, we, we can get to our number three um, kind of topic for 2018, the 2018 election, um, which was um, usually a midterm, might be here almost every year that there is one. Um, but this year seemed to make um, it was kind of a change. We finally had a check on Donald Trump. Um, some of his ideas, some of his position statements became referendums for the election, um, and, and, and they seem to be uh, th- um, defeated. Uh, there was more votes cast um, for Democratic candidates because we're, obviously we're still in a two-party system, um, but things changed. Um, uh, the ramifications of that election and, what's gonna, and, and, and what it's going to show us in 2019 may, might be a good way to kind of talk about what happened in 2019. Um, uh, you know, in Arizona, especially I, I, you know, at least we have a split Senate for the first time in a very long time and it's changing all over and even in, uh, your home state. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see Kirsten Cinema win uh, you know, to replace Jeff Flake in Arizona, which uh, that, that was pretty big news for a Democrat, especially one who's, you know, given her background and and some of her votes uh, is, is even more astonishing. And again, I maintain Martha McSally, who's now going to be taking the seat of the late John McCain, um, you know, was a bad candidate all around, that she couldn't win this in Ruby Red, Arizona. Or you might disagree with me, and you say Red to maybe more purplish Arizona. But uh, <laughs> for, yeah, for Nevada to be sending a second woman to the U.S. Senate with Jackie Rosen, who beat Dean Heller by a good five points. Uh, and this is, you know, Dean Heller, who I'd been saying two years ago, was a shoe-in for re-election. Well, I guess he wasn't. And um, that is just amazing, and it shows how much Nevada is changing I, and I think Arizona may be going in that direction as well, albeit I think it's going to take a little longer. I know we're talking about women at the moment, but Beto O'Rourke came pretty damn close to beating Ted Cruz oh, yeah. in the uh, U.S. Senate race in Texas, which is astonishing in itself, given that it's Texas. Uh, I think that, that shows that Texas is not quite this Trump-loving empire that everybody thinks. And having family there and having you know knowing a lot of people, I, I would, you know, testify to that. Uh, so women won governorships. Uh, they came close in some states like Georgia, although I I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it looks like Brian Kemp may have stolen that seat from Stacey Abrams. And, you know, there's going to be follow-up, follow-up from that for some time to come. Um, so it, it definitely, I, I mean, I think 2018 was a huge rebuke on Donald Trump. And Democrats may not have won the Senate, which was almost impossible for them, given how many seats they had to defend. Um, and that they could hang on to some in, in you know, sort of volatile swing states like Ohio uh, and come close in, 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 in Mississippi with Mike Espy, you know, getting close to beating Sidney Hyde-Smith, who mm-hmm. sadly is going to be representing that state, uh, even though she has a very disgusting background, in my opinion. Um, but so all in all that the Democrats didn't lose more seats, frankly, in the U.S. Senate was pretty remarkable. I think obviously the huge news was taking the House, which basically means now that they're going to hold investigations on on Donald Trump. And it's so it's, you know, I, I think in part the reason he was doing the shutdown is to maybe sort of mar it for them coming in to power. Because you're already seeing sort of the mainstream media play up stories that this is going to be harder for Nancy Pelosi at all. Um, it's not just going to be hard for her. It's hard for Trump, too. Because one way or the other, they're still going to start these hearings, uh, and a lot of his power, certainly on that end, is going is gone. Uh, not all of it, but a good chunk of it. So you know, we're definitely going to see just a whole different dynamic in Congress. Uh, or, you know, the Republicans will still rubber stamp whatever Trump wants in the Senate. Uh, maybe on then you'll see Lisa Murkowski do the right thing, or uh, yeah, Susan Collins, I think. Uh, maybe not so much. Or maybe Cory Gardner, who's he's coming into a re-election in 2020, and he's he's vulnerable, so he may be voting with Democrats now and then, hoping that that will be enough. So I, I you know, I just it's going to be a I think a roller coaster ride, especially if these hearings continue, along with the Mueller report dropping and more of Trump's criminal behavior is, you know, open for all to see. Um, it's. It's going to be a pretty interesting two years. Uh, you know, hopefully some good things get done. Hopefully, again, the Democrats hold these hearings and Trump is finally held accountable for some of this stuff. Um, 
But make no mistake, you're going to have Republicans fighting every step of the way to protect him. Nothing's going to change in that because, again, they're, they are, are frightened of what their own voters would do in, in primaries at all because other, you know, otherwise they're not going to be reelected. Right. So this, it's, it's, I mean, I, I'm a little bit reluctant to make a lot of predictions because I just think it's, it's going to be a really crazy two years. Hopefully maybe a good crazy, but still. Well, now that there's a check, um, though, it, 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 it did really change the dynamic and it does, it seems like in the, um, I guess, a uh, month and a half, almost to, uh, to, to one month f- fully, uh, two coming up, um, Trump hasn't been able to deal with it. Um, he can't even, he can't even negotiate with people who don't have the votes yet, um, and let alone when, when things are going to have to come out of Congress with a, a lot more votes than he's ever um, ex- experienced having to convince. Um, it's really going to change things. Um, but it did seem like there was also some change in gubernatorial elections. Um, the, so, you know, I guess Democrats gained at least seven new seats. Um, yeah. uh, you know, that way. And, and, and as you said, a rebuke of Trumpism, it does seem... Um, like it will be ended in 2020, regardless of what else happens. Um, but a but a fundamental change, um, you know, nonetheless. And um, you know, the map doesn't isn't very good for Democrats again in the Senate in 2020. But it's not horrible, and it's still it's you know there's a chance. Um, you know, well, that there are a lot change. more Republicans that are going to have to defend seats. And as I mentioned, places like Colorado, where Cory Gardner is vulnerable, Maine, where Susan Collins, you know, there's a lot of speculation she may be retiring because she may be the one one Republican like Dean Heller who's going to lose her seat. Because if you look at her approval ratings there and how she's voted with Trump many times, even though that's not what her own voters wanted. That's you know that's going to be very interesting to watch. So, but you know again, it may it may be because Republicans are you know Donald Trump if he makes it to 2020 and if he is going to run for re-election, uh, you know they're going to have to be defending him. And I seriously doubt he's going to be any more popular than he is now. So you know, and again, we we can find conventional wisdom could be wrong, but overall the the mentality the perception is and the conventional wisdom is that 2020 is going to be a very difficult year for republicans um our next topic um kind of ties into our previous topic of the election um donald trump after the election was over um kept going around saying well they didn't really lose it it wasn't a wave election which has kind of been shown to be not true um especially as the, the uh, late results started coming in and really showing that there was um even more seats that are going to be won um we talked about you know california is basically um t- turned completely blue i don't think you know it's like there's nearly no um red left in it in the congressional delegation at least um yeah i mean california where i live now especially is uh, you know, and these are these are areas where Congress people like, and I'm I'm going to blank out here for a moment here because there have been so many. But you saw Dana Rohrabacher lose in Orange County, uh-huh. uh, which was especially a, and you know to use a bad plenty of earthquake moment. Um, it, it just shows you know the, the yeah the GOP. I, I just think sadly has. Well, I don't know if sadly is the right term, but it's kind of pathetic to watch. They totally misread where a lot of California voters are, and you know. I, they really just they got stomped here. That's the nicest way I can say it. Uh, there is going to be another Democratic governor, of course, Gavin Newsom coming in. 
Um, so, you know, he's he's definitely not a friend of Donald Trump's. No. But, yeah, or Kimberly Guilfoyle. He's definitely right? gone very, very blue this year. Or Donald Trump Jr., uh, Gavin Newsom, and <laughs> they share a uh, love interest um, or past uh, yeah. love interest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, we're, we're living in strange times. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Gavin Newsom, you know, whatever other choices he makes that he, that was definitely probably not the best one that he'd like to remember <laughs> in the past. Um, <laughs> but, um, let's move on to our topic four, um, which we've called, um, Trump buffoonery lies and videotape. Um, and, I, you know, it kind of leads to a lot of these other topics, and, and really what we were setting up was how he tried to claim victory even in defeat in the election, um, and he keeps doing it, um, you know, um, you know, time after time after time, where he just gets things wrong, he misstates them, he says one thing, does another. It's almost been a story in itself, and it becomes the story of well, it's just Trump being Trump. He doesn't know. But he's the United States president, so it becomes more news. Um, and you know, one of the things that really kind of stuck out to me when um, he was in Iraq here a few days ago, a week ago, um, he you know went on the uh, it seemed like a stump speech about how he gave him ten percent raises when people wouldn't do it in the past. And um, it ends up not to be true. And now he's talking about like a tenth of one percentage point um, maybe is what he was getting at or didn't understand. Um, but I think it, it goes to the underlying idea. And I, I was watching some talking heads on uh, CNN or MSNBC and saying it's just a boldface lie. And, and, and to a certain level, I think, you know, w- the way I kind of want to throw out this topic here is that it's kind of, you know, giving Trump too much credit to call it a lie. Um, I don't really think he's lying. I just sometimes think he just doesn't know he's just basically um not smart enough to understand it never will never follow it never get the details not care not think it's important um when um it might not be when it's the grand picture of your tower that you're building in chicago but when you're the president of the united states it sure is important to know those details you might even be the president and still have to read those brochures that you wouldn't read um because it basically creates government policy um, is, is, uh, Trump's buffoonery or his inability to be civil talking about even what he talks about with the press on one side, how he, he, he courts them and the other side, he rips them down. Um, you know, the actions he took with Acosta, not realizing he was being that rude or that he d- didn't have those abilities that he's just that, um, I guess insulated that, um, not, not very intelligent, I guess is a, 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 a nice way to put it. Um, is that what it is, or is he really lying all these times? Because to me, I think, you know, many times, I think it's just too much credit. How do you see all this? Is he lying, or is he just dumb? He's incredibly stupid. The only, you know, the only thing he seems to understand is how to manipulate the media. And I suppose he understood branding for a long time. I, I want to divert quickly. Everybody should read a piece from The New Yorker about uh, Survivor creator Mark Burnett. And how he yes, I, really I sort of orchestrated Donald Trump's rise to the White House. It's it's an extraordinary story, uh, going back to you know Trump understanding the media and branding. But he's just he's been this man again. He doesn't give a shit. Excuse my French about proper governance or what needs to be done. And you know he just he is a pathological liar. I, I think we all know that and we've seen it now for years. Um, 
so it's an extraordinarily toxic combination. And, there, you know, he's not going to change. This man is, what, 71, 72 years old. He's never going to evolve. This is what he is. So, I, and I, I think, unfortunately, as the, it, once the Mueller report drops, and if it is, bad, it is as bad as many think it is, uh, and you see a greater call for him to either be forced out of office or impeached, you know, he's going to become more of a caged animal than he's already acted like. And we know caged animals are very dangerous uh, in terms of, of saving his own fat rear end. And, 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 so it's, you know, it's, 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 and so, you know, you, you can just continue to see more dishonesty and, and uh, absolutely no, you know, absolutely no decency on his part because he's not capable of that. And don't we see that everywhere else is that his, his um, innocuousness, his inability to understand what really is going on has created some of these other topics that we've had today and other things we've talked about today. His changing mm-hmm. of, of policy towards South Korea, his, his idea that all of a sudden tariffs, Changed the world, although you know um, a lot of people would understand it. It hastened the Great Depression. Um, it does other things. It's you know t- yeah, tariffs are uh, unnecessarily harsh at times when you're trying to fulfill other goals, like hey, let's stay out of a war, but maybe China is going to make some money. Um, you know, and where it makes us, it's it's it it enriches us um, in in lives not lost and and money not wasted on things like war. Um, and, and just changing the culture, these things that he doesn't understand, the culture of Washington, the culture of our alliances with um, our, our, our post-World War II friends, um, and, mm-hmm. and, and just that he doesn't get it, 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 it's creating a problem in our country. And so many times we say he's doing these things, and, and it's the scary part of electing someone with so little policy experience, such little experience, in anything besides just making money off a name and bragging, um, which is what you can do to be a, a successful New York real estate developer. Half of it's the brag. And that doesn't work so much in politics. And it's and, and that's why I think, stop calling them lies. Um, you know, they do the Pinocchios, you know. Um, uh, you know, it's more like the vacant heads, um, you know, whatever, you know, balloon heads. Uh, you know, that might be better. Um, you know, and, and what he sold his base on, on the uh, tax cuts, um, and and now you know deficits are you know deficits are rising, and you hear no Republicans. It's the echo chamber that used to be there um, during the Obama years, through you know trying to f- pull us out of the Great Recession, and we hear we shouldn't raise debt when it's the time to do it, and now here we are in the time of prosperity, and we've cut taxes and we have even more debt. Um, and, and I just don't think he even understands what he's doing. And, and I don't think it's a grand political game. And he, and, and some people say he's just going to, uh, please so he can be president and he doesn't care. I just don't think he understands. No, well, he doesn't, he doesn't understand and he doesn't care. So that's, um, sadly, that's, that's where we are. And until he's gone, that's just not going to change. All right. And soapbox um, taken down. And I think the most important part here is what we want to get to with topic five. And and I think it's really important. And we talk about, meanwhile, life continues unabated. We talked, the first four topics were based upon Trump. Everything is focused on uh, anything you see on the news. Everything is exclusively Donald Trump. 
Um, and there's issues and, and, and events that happen that sometimes don't have anything to do with him, but that are still going to be here that we are not paying attention to now because of the, of, of, of him just kind of sucking all the air out of the room. Uh, mass right. shootings well, going up. He, um, that's the only thing he's good at. Uh, the Thousand Oaks shooting, the Stoneman shooting, um, you know, I guess there's 307 or more than 300 incidents, depending on whose stats you're looking at. Um, you know, global warming still going on. Uh, tr- you know, Trump is pushing coal. Pollution is still bad. Uh, they want to scrap the Clean Air Act. I mean, that's still allied with him, but there's other things that are going on. Uh, what's happening in Flint um, um, still have water issues. Um, you know, there's... There's a whole um, uh, other host of, of, of issues and, and, I guess, productive discussions we could be having. Um, and, it, you know, do any of them really stand out to you? It seems like, you know, we had made some progress on, uh, on school shootings. There was the board and then they issued it. But again, you know, Trump influenced a little bit. Um, and, and there's people upset about it. Um, you know, what are we going to do now about these shootings? Um, and we, we've had more and more of them and it's only gotten worse um, you know, the massive fires, the opioid epidemic, which, you know, we're still in Afghanistan, you know, what's going to happen with that? Um, you know, I don't know. Do you see any of these other news issues? It seems like nothing's there anymore, but Trump, Trump, Trump. Well, I mean, look, this is, this is why he's where he is now. And it is because the mainstream media, specifically the, the cable news media gave him just billions worth of free airtime. Because he was, you know, he's this train wreck that people can't, you know, they can't resist. Although, you know, I know a lot of people who are not even that political who say whenever I hear him on the radio or TV, I turn it off. So I don't think the appeal of him is quite as great. But in the beginning, I suppose, there was this fascination uh, when there should have been real concern about this man and what he was going to do. Um, And it's also, I hate to say it, a lot of legitimate news websites who had a lot of stories on him because they knew they'd get clicks. And as we know with the news business now, sadly, that's what it's come down to, uh, is, is clicks to survive, especially if you're not a major uh, news organization like, say, the New York Times or L.A. Times or, or one of those. Um, so they, they frankly enabled him from the beginning and you know, painted this narrative about Hillary Clinton, who you know we've all had our issues with over the years, no question about it. But, you know, it was not really fair to her. And she frankly did not, you know, she was not, did not do a very good job with, with overcoming that. Uh, certainly not, you know, made plenty of mistakes in her campaign that I think if she had not made those, she'd be president today and not him. But, um, you know, it's, it's just, it, it, I mean, there are so many factors why those are some of the main ones. Um, and I, I just... If I may go on a very short rant here, and I I think in general we have seen a lot of Americans step up over the last two years with the Women's March and other demonstrations, and of course the record number who voted in November as a rebuke on Donald Trump. So I I don't want to broad brush the entire American populace, but as I've mentioned to friends and, and other people, you know, the days of kind of going to sleep again, and not paying attention to real news and not voting, those are over. You know, people can't, you know, you can't do that anymore. Because sadly, we have a certain element in this country that would love to see authoritarian government. And, and I, you know, that, that includes certain people on the left as well. 
the people who completely deny that Russia had anything to do with Trump getting into this office, etc., and have some very strange ideas about governing themselves. So it's it's just it's it's going to take a dedicated effort on the part of American voters to pay attention and keep voting and and you know call you know do their best to try to stop this uh you know via civil means of mm. course. You know one of the uh, you know you know uh, I, I biggest things for me um that I think was was has been lost a little bit um, is uh, the AMLO uh, election in uh, uh, in in Mexico, which I mean, uh, Antonio Manuel López Obrador, uh, um, who was elected, um, you know, president of Mexico, and he's, um, you know, seems to me, um, and and you know, my, you know, opinion has always been, well, we don't really want if people here don't want uh, folks from Latin America to come up. We should help them become stronger countries instead of trying to Monroe doctor them, Monroe doctrine them into oblivion. Uh, he's promised thirty billion for Honduras and Guatemala. You know, Trump is talking about cutting all aid, um, but that's an issue I think um, that that really you know kind of attacks um, the immigration debate in ways that that not many people lose. Um, we're talking about what thirty billion that. AMLO said he's going to give to uh, Honduras and Guatemala, um, uh, probably about what it would end up to be building that border wall, um, you know, probably equates. Um, and if then you could throw $60 billion into Honduras and Guatemala, um, those numbers might go down in the way that you want them to, and those countries get fixed permanently instead of trying to do a wall. Um, another issue that hasn't really been discussed, but I think the AMLO election might change Mexico. Uh, it's a, it it was a story from 2018. I don't think we've heard enough of, and, um, I think, you know, we talk about following the news, knowing what's going on. Um, it's important for those who want to really want to follow, you know, follow this border debate beyond, um, the, the Trump vacuum of the wall. Um, that's, 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 that's one to start with. Right. I I think, you know, there's no question that AMLO's win in Mexico was also a rebuke to Trump, and I think on the part of Mexican voters who just got tired of this idiot's racist diatribes against them, um, you know, only time will tell whether Obrador is is a good leader and does the right thing for his country, not only for you know, not only for Mexico, but also to hopefully improve U.S.-Mexican relations, which is not still not going to be easy as long as Trump is in office. Right. Um, so I, I guess only time will tell, but I, I think there, you know, there was definitely a strong message uh, with his win that, you know, I don't think, you know, Trump or any of his people fully understand and, and probably never will. Yeah. And, uh, you know, completely lost, um, I think also is, is, is how, uh, Congress doesn't seem to debate anything anymore. They just don't want to bring things up and debate in front of people. Um, and, there's a difference between what uh, Trump tried to do in the Oval Office with Pelosi and Schumer and what Congress is supposed to be doing. Um, and I just don't, you know, I think that that loss of understanding on how Congress is supposed to work and how it's fundamentally changed over the past two decades um, is, is, is detrimental to our democracy. So, um, you know, I just think it's another, you know, lost um, kind of... Uh, agenda item. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, global warming has been the same way. It's just been deny, and you have a really an enemy of, uh, the natural environment in the white house 
um, and just trying to give whatever he can to those who, who want to take advantage of it. Um, and, 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 you know, looking at coal again and doing all these other things, which we know aren't right. Um, so, uh, there's a lot of stories out there, as you mentioned, I think the most important thing is to tell people, Hey, keep reading the news. Don't rely on Facebook, please. Um, because it's not going to help you, um, get out of that bubble, please. And, 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 uh, go to Google news, go to other places, find new news outlets and make sure that you're trusting the right ones. Um, um, that, that can be a whole podcast on its own, how to actually get the news for free online and not be deceived. Um, but, you know, otherwise, Karen, um, anything else we're going to add today before we maybe close an end to 2018 and look forward? Well, certainly, I, I wish everyone out there a happy and healthy 2019. And I really do hope this year brings good news for our country. Um, frankly, with Donald Trump out of office, because as long as he's in, things are not going to change and they're certainly not going to get better. Um, I, I would hope that the GOP might actually wake up and do the right thing. I guess, you know, as Trump would say, we'll see what happens. Well, maybe we'll have a lucky 2019. Um, Happy New Year to everyone, especially to you, Karen. Um, and thanks for the 2018. Thank you. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>